Hey there, welcome to episode 62 of the Women's Business Workshop podcast. Thank you for spending part of your day with me. I am honored that you are a listener. If you haven't yet, please follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to go searching for those upcoming episodes. For our time together today, I'm talking financial goal setting with Danielle Hayden. We're talking where to start, what gets business owners tripped up when setting money goals, and how you can find your sweet spot revenue goal for your business. Danielle Hayden is a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending over 10 years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting, Inc., where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education, and is the author of the Profit Planner book series. Grab your notebook. You're going to want to take notes on this one. Thanks for joining us today on the Women's Business Workshop podcast. This is your host and business coach, Robin Walker, helping female entrepreneurs and business owners like yourself to find more strategy and focus in your business so that you can reach your goals with less distraction and overwhelm. Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop podcast. Today, I am talking with Danielle Hayden, and we're talking about finances and goal setting in your business. Welcome to the show, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, This is such an important topic. I am really excited to uh, cover it with your listeners. Well, we're very glad you're here. Thank you. My first question is, have you always been into math? (laughs) Because it seems like people are like math people or not math people. No, I haven't. So um, actually, you know, struggled in math growing up in, you know, high school, but then I, you know, it wasn't until I realized that math and the numbers were trying to give me information and, and help me uh, achieve my goals that that's when I actually started to get in tune with it. So I was a hairdresser right out of high school. And so I started using all of the numbers to reach my goals and reach my quotas there. So I wasn't an, actually a math person until it served me. <laughs> that's so interesting. And that's inspiring for all the the younger people out there who tell themselves, oh, I'm not good at math or eliminate a possible career option due to what they think they may or may not be good at. Yeah. Even as a business owner, I, you know, I hear all the time from our clients, I'm not a numbers person or I was never good at math. So I'm not good at this. And I I always have to remind people they're two different things, right? you don't have to be good at numbers. You don't have to be good at math. I'm not either. But what I'm good at is figuring out what the numbers are trying to tell me so that I can do more of the things that work and less of the things that don't work. So it's really just all about analytical decisions rather than, you know, actually being able to do the algebra problem. Do a formula (laughs) or something, right? Right. Well, and I think people just get so intimidated by it and the word analytics and they don't even know where to begin do you see something as like a roadblock? Why, especially female business owners, as we're like we had talked about earlier um, before we started recording, about how most of us started in something else and then decided to run their own business. Do you see any specific roadblocks or things that hold back women from getting into the analytics and the numbers? Yeah, I think it's all money mindset. So 
when I started my business seven years ago, I would hear people say mindset. And I'm like, what's a mindset? It's like, we're running a business. Come on, guys. Like, <laughs> right, right. this know? is black and white. <laughs> yes. Um, and then I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm struggling with mindset or, oh, wow. I'm watching my clients struggle with mindset. Um, as people would come and, and have uh, a discovery call with me or strategy call, I would hear them struggling with their own mindset on the call. Like, I'm not an organized person. I'm not a numbers person. I can never figure out what analytics to run or how to do it or, or what to even do with them. So I'm not going to do any of it because that's not who I am. So I just think it's all mindset. And then we label ourselves. And then as women, we just stay labeled and we don't, it's difficult. I don't care, man, woman, how old you are. It's difficult to overcome those mindset issues and then actually start to break down the barriers and get through it. And now that you say that, I don't think I heard the word mindset until running a business. And I was a competitive athlete and a lot of things where you feel like that would enter in. And I, I don't think I ever heard it. I was at a conference, a business conference, and they were talking about money mindset. And there were all these ahas of like, oh my goodness, I never even realized that, yes, that's been holding me back or uh, why don't I think I can? So, so interesting. Yeah. That it's really a part of, and, and I see that in business strategy as well. Oh, I'm not qualified for that. Or I could never charge that. I like to add the word yet. (laughs) Maybe you're not good. You're not good at analytics yet, but that doesn't mean you can't ever be. It just means you don't have that experience right now. So how do you, how can you get experience? Yeah. I like that. And it's interesting as an entrepreneur um, and, and working with our clients, I've found that we are so much more in tune to development. And so maybe that's part of it, right? We butt up to that because we are needing to continuously improve. I don't care what type of business you have. Our markets are are changing so quickly that mm-hmm. we really have to continuously be developing as, as business owners. And so maybe that's where a piece of this comes in um, that we're able to uh, kind of identify, oh, wow, wait, that might be a mindset issue. I, I need to need to confront that head on. I I like that. And I wonder if some of it is that kind of that catch 22 of if we were in another, you know, if you were a CFO, like you were at a corporation where they said you are worth this amount of money, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, These are, you know, you are qualified, we're hiring you. And then when you switch to your own business, there's that whole mindset that seems to follow for so long about, are you qualified? Do you have the right experience? So then we're constantly, oh, I need to take this course. I need to take this certification just to, or I need to learn more about this to kind of quell that, that fear of not being qualified. I really, um, I like that you said that because, you know, when you're in a corporate setting, you're getting promotions, you're getting feedback, you're getting performance reviews, you have superiors, you might even have colleagues who are giving you feedback on a regular basis. And if you're a solopreneur, you don't have anyone giving you that type of feedback. Um, Or if you have uh, people who are working for you, you're the leader. And so again, you don't necessarily are not necessarily getting this feedback on a continuous basis. (laughs) Or feedback that is honest because they don't (laughs) don't want to offend you or lose their job. I feel like we get one or the other, either the, the cranky person that will never be pleased 
customer or your raving fans that are just telling you all the things they love. And yeah. it, it's, I, I never thought of it that way as there are no performance reviews. Yeah. I actually was listening to a, uh, it was a health and wellness podcast, but um, this gentleman was saying that he actually every day writes down on his calendar. He has a calendar on the wall and he writes down what his workout was for the day. And the number one thing he accomplished, he's like, it's almost this feedback loop for myself where I can see right on the calendar that I accomplished one thing for me personally and one thing for my business. And it shows me in a visual way that I've, I'm continuously um, striving and, compl- and completing the tasks. And so it became a feedback loop for him. So important to, to acknowledge your own wins as well. Yeah. yeah. I run a mastermind group called the impact business circle. And one of the things I think the women get out of it is that, that feedback because it's their peers. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's important if we're not, you know, we don't have to do it all by ourselves and to find those tribe members that will give you honest honest opinion while still being kind and gentle. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, I do. but sometimes I, tell you what you don't want to hear. <laughs> well, you need a little bit of both though, you know, yep. you, unless you have a really strong rapport with your staff, they might not want to, they might be you know, scared to tell you uh, sure. or give you feedback or encourage you to try new things. And I love the idea. We encourage all of our clients to uh, get help as much as they can. So whether that looks like, you know, being in a mastermind, getting a community, having a tribe, um, you know, outsourcing pieces of their business so that they create a team of feedback loop and feedback loops, um, that they don't have to be the strongest leader in the room for every single call and for every single task. Yes. Takes off a lot of pressure. Yeah. So we talk a lot about goal setting in that group that I just mentioned, and and we do a lot of milestone goals or task oriented goals. And we do talk about financial goals sometimes. And so I wanted to have you on to talk about that because I do have some members that struggle with. um, So if I want to set this big financial goal, you know, I, I set the goal. And then a lot of times I think people forget the goal. They set it and forget it because it's like, Oh yeah. So one of the things we do in the group is to actually come up with the action plan, but when it's a financial goal, a lot of times they struggle with the actions to get to the goal. So what do you suggest as a starting point? I like the idea of making sure that you have accountability, whatever you set goals. Um, and it, that doesn't mean, you know, I hear some of these gurus say, post it on social media. That's not going to hold you accountable. No, <laughs> no, you it just makes you post. feel worse if you, right. if you don't do it. So Public give, shame is not, it's not yeah. the ideal accountability. I give you permission to not post it on social media. Um, yes. I actually would prefer you find a team member who can help hold you accountable. That might look like your bookkeeper, uh, your tax accountant, um, a virtual assistant, operations manager, um, somebody who's on your team that can help you, um, hold you accountable to looking at it, not just meeting the goal, but to bring it forward in front of you so that your attention is on it on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and asking you questions. And so every time they send it to you, you can ask what worked, what didn't work? Why am I achieving this goal or not achieving this goal? Now, 
for the next week, month, quarter, what do I need to do differently to hit this goal? And so the first step in this process is pick who you're going to have hold you accountable and send you these numbers on a regular basis so that you can see them and, and, and reflect on them. So that, so that's just like step one is mm-hmm. going to give it to you. And when step two, what we find the most helpful to set financial goals with our clients is let's decide, let's figure out what break even is. So break even just, it's, it's very simple. It is all of your fixed monthly costs plus your average variable costs. You can find this information from your profit and loss statement. If you don't have an accounting system, go get one. I'm kidding. Uh, You can go to your bank statements and you can do this manually um, where you can go through and, and list out all of your fixed costs and your average variable costs. And when you add all of those up, you now have your um, average monthly break even. So you need to bring in at least that much each month in order to, to, to break even. Now, I want you to divide that by how, how many clients you have, your average sales price, so that you can get how many clients or how many products you need to sell in order to be able to hit that break even number. Now that's just breaking even, that's not hitting our goals. But I think that this is a really important number for us to start with, because if you are uh, not taking a salary as a business owner, if you are not paying yourself, if you are not hiring, if you have a loss in your business, this break even point is going to get you to the starting point. Now we can start to talk about as a business owner, uh, maybe you want to make I, I'm not going to use a hundred thousand dollars because that's the number everyone, uh, six figures. I know. <laughs> I know we're not, we're not making that. Um, how about we just, how about our goal as a business owner is to bring home $50,000. Now I want you to divide the $50,000 into a monthly cost. So it's your, your break even plus your goal salary. It's really important that you know exactly what that dollar amount is. And then how many clients or how many products you need to sell each month in order to get there. Now you have the numbers that you're tracking. These are metrics, KPIs, call it whatever you want to call it. Um, So that when your, whoever you elect to send this information to you, when they send it to you, they can say, all right, your goal was 20 clients per month with an average ticket price of $10,000. Here's your goal. Here's where you're at today. And I would love for this person to be sending it to you every single week. Uh, I know that that sounds like a lot. Some people are like, ooh, I don't want to see it weekly. But if you're seeing that weekly, you can change your behavior instantly. So if, I, if I've exceeded my goals for the month, and I know that my team and I don't have the bandwidth to take on any additional clients or sell any additional products, I can use the rest of my time to put my energy towards improving my operations, my systems, my family, and, and take that energy and, and put it in, a, in an area that might need your attention. If you have not hit those goals, then you know that your focus needs to be on revenue generating activities and how to hit those goals. Does that, does that help? I think that's a great place to start for a lot of our listeners. I see a lot of women focus on the number of like, I think they're skipping the break even step and they're focusing on the number of clients, um, the monthly revenue and 
all the business owners I know have so many little mini expenses that are on subscription. It's your $10 Calendly and, you know, your QuickBooks and all of those add up every month. And I, I think people forget. And I've seen the things online where, you know, you mentioned six figures and someone, oh, I made it to six figures, but they have $75,000 of expenses. You know, yes, that looks, I love the goal, but if you haven't figured out your break even, what do, what do you need? Just, you know, stay in business. Yeah. And you can use this um, time when you're, when you're working on this exercise to get to your break even. You could do two other things um, with this, this time and energy. You can say, all right, now I know what I need to break even. Maybe I could use this to evaluate my pricing. So maybe right now I'm serving 10 clients, but if I actually only serve five clients and I increase my price, I exceed that, that break even or meet that break even. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's eight clients and can increase my profits quickly. So I want you to also be able to use this break-even exercise to monitor your pricing. Uh, we had a client who came to us um, this week, and this was a really fun exercise. You know, she wanted to know what is the minimum I can charge. She's like, interesting. You know, the more business I do with clients, they want a discount, and I want to give them a discount for being long-term clients, but I have no idea how deep I can go. So what is the minimum amount that I can discount them so that they want to keep on coming back? And it was an interesting exercise to go through with her, but she has that number. And I said, hey, now you can tell her, tell your, all your clients, my accountant, my bookkeeper, my CFO, they told me I can't go past this dollar amount. So I'm Yes, I love that. <laughs> There's your accountability. That's like with teenagers where you say, I can be, let mom be the bad guy. Tell them your mom said no, or your mom will get mad. <laughs> oh, my daughter's so funny. She goes, oh, mom, um, just so you know, my friends think that you are like the meanest, most strict mom <laughs> yes. ever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty, uh, you know, yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, like when I want to come home, I'm like, yep, my mom called, I gotta go. <laughs> yes, yep, yep. So it's nice to have your your accountant or your CFO to blame for those because pricing is just such an, uh, another landmine of of mindset. And yes. and we do have an episode if anyone needs help with that with Melina Palmer, and and I'll link that in the show notes all about pricing. Um, the other piece of this um, is to build a budget. So um, part of financial goal setting, uh, you know, what gets a lot of attention is revenue. And so that break even, um, the pricing, all of that can help you determine your, your revenue goal. But I want to challenge you. So maybe you're someone who has been setting revenue goals for the last few years, or you're familiar with the process. The budget, which sounds like a big corporate word, so let's break it down just to expense planning. Like, just we're just planning out the next twelve months. We don't have to think of it back in corporate with this big budget um, uh, project. But I, but you can take that data and plan your next twelve months. And it doesn't matter what month you're listening to this you plan the next 12 months. So look backwards the last 12 months and plan your revenue and your expenses for the next 12 months. That way, when your bookkeeper, your accountant, this accountability partner sends you these, these metrics to hold you accountable, they can also remind you 
this is what you planned on spending. If you didn't spend it, why? Was there a mindset issue? Did you think that you couldn't afford it? Did you choose not to invest in your business? How is that going to impact you from getting to your revenue goals if you didn't invest and spend in your, in your business? Or the other way around, maybe you overspent in your business because something wasn't working and you're trying to throw money at the problem. How can we take a step back and say, okay, we overspent compared to what we were planning on, on spending. What do we need to change to make sure that we're still hitting our goals for the rest of the year? One of the things I love about planning that far in advance, at least even just on a, you know, a general basis is that it prevents the shiny object. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if you know, like what, what the work you just did that you have this budget for the re- next 12 months, when that shiny course pops up, or one of the people you follow all of a sudden has this big grand thing, and you have to decide in 24 hours, it makes it a lot easier to say no, because you think, well, where's that coming from? Versus when it's all just kind of this, oh, I made this much last month, or I have this many clients this month. It just really brings home the actual data. And if you want to get there, you're going to have to pass. (laughs) Yeah. Or you plan for those big expenses, right? So if you want to go to a trade show conference training course, it's okay to plan for each of those. And so Mm -hmm. what do we need to do to plan for them? Um, How many additional clients do we need to take on? How, you know, what do we need to sell in order to get yourself paid as a business owner and meet the other investment goals, uh, whether that be hiring, training, courses, whatever that might look like. Sorry to interrupt, but I am hopping into this episode to let you know that Danielle will be doing a private training to go deeper into this topic within our Impact Business Circle next month. She is going to be teaching our members some steps they can take to make bookkeeping easier to implement. Every month in the group, we have a bonus training on a topic that the group either wants or needs in order to make their business day-to-day easier so that they have more time and energy to spend on that big, fun goal they are chasing. And many of the women in the group are looking for accountability for regularly getting their finances in order or they need coaching on pricing or help with figuring revenue and expenses. So we are really excited to have Danielle in the group next month to speak to the financial aspect of our businesses. You are invited to join us. You can go to womensbusinessworkshop.com slash impact to register. Now let's get back to the show. This financial goal setting time that you spend with your business is really your opportunity to take a moment and work on your business instead of in your business. And so I encourage every business owner, take an hour, take a half a day, take some time out of your business and really do some reflection on this because it will help you be able to make better decisions. You'll be able to really take the emotion out of making decisions and make them with reasoning. Uh, It'll give you a way to be able to track your progress so that you're always keeping an eye on what's working and what's not working. And then this can also help you catch any problems. So, So if you're not hitting the revenue goals, but you're still spending, it helps you see the problems quickly. My favorite, and not to the client's benefit, but my favorite story is with one of our clients that she had actually launched a new service line. uh, And 
we were so excited for her because her revenue, if you were only tracking revenue, she had like quadrupled in her business size. She had so many clients. But in order for her to, to, to take on the service line, she had to take on contractors because she couldn't do it all herself. Well, the contractors had underbid their work and were sending her invoices. She had to pay them. So mm-hmm. she was having to pay her contractors before her clients paid her. Plus, she forgot about all the subscription costs that went into to having to manage this, um, this entire project. And so what she found, it was about eight months later that this new service line that looked great from, from top line, but she's like, thank God I was looking at this on a regular basis. Otherwise I would have bankrupted my business, bankrupted my family and potentially hurt those contractors and those relationships in my business. So these goal setting sessions will really help you be able to monitor any problems and give you the opportunity as a business owner to react quickly. That's one of the questions we ask in our group. We do a quarterly uh, goal setting call and to figure out if now is the right time for this goal. I always ask them, is your business prepared for this goal to succeed? So, you know, you say, oh, yes, I want 50 clients in my, you know, membership group. And I ask, do you have the bandwidth for that if it happened in 30 days? Like, do you have everything automated? Do you have the, the manpower, the hours, you know, away from your family? And sometimes it's like, that's a great goal, but maybe it needs to be six months down the road. So what do you need to put in place to get to that point? Cause sometimes yeah. you have to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's smart and being, and being prepared for growth. We heard the last, last year and a half has been kind of interesting. Um, there has been so many businesses that have really been destroyed by COVID, but we've also seen a lot of businesses, especially in the online space, really explode and are um, really growing. And I've seen some colleagues and clients who actually ended up going out of business, even though their business was growing, because they actually hurt their brand by growing too quick. They brought Mm. on clients that they couldn't manage. They couldn't fill the services in the best way anymore, right? Because sure. they were spread too thin. So I really like that. And if you're, if you're going, if the goal is to grow, how, you know, how many clients can you take on? You know, how can you really prepare yourself for this growth? What other subscriptions or contractor costs or um, other strategies are you going to need to support you in that growth? Well, that goes perfectly into my next question. And I have a theory on, this for business strategy uh, goal setting, but I'd love to hear your perspective on financial goal setting. How do you know when the number is like in that sweet spot of it's not so big that it's overwhelming and you think like deep down, you're thinking that's never going to happen, but it's also not too small where it's not very exciting or motivating and you just kind of, you know, okay, I got one new client. So how do you find that sweet spot? Um, I like to encourage all of our clients to have, um, to set their goal to what feels, feels good, right? It, it feels obtainable and we have that be our baseline goal. And now I want you to discount, right? And incorporate, we used to call it discount. So we would, we would set our budget and then the board would come back and say, hold on, let's be devil's advocate. Let's say you don't do that. Let's discount it by 
discount it by 10% and then discount it by 20% and see where that, that, that lands for you. And, um, and then I want you to go to the other direction. And so um, I like to call this your big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, and, and that could be, that could also have a few tiers. So maybe your big, hairy, audacious goal is four times where you're at today, but that you have a goal that you take your baseline and what does it look like at 10%? What does it look like at 20%? I want it to scare you, but I don't want it to scare you so much that it is like a big, hairy, audacious goal because yes, we want those, but are we really striving for those this year? Are we really striving for those in three months, six months, 12 months? We might not because it feels too big. And so let's use that baseline, go up and go down and then, and then pick what feels right. How does that line up to where you are in the strategy? That really lines up with what I see in business coaching that I think works. And that's, you have that big vision, that, that big goal that's down the road. And then what are smaller action steps you can take or smaller milestones to get to that point? And I've seen a lot of research on those smaller attainable goals are easier to reach because they're not as overwhelming. But I do think it's important to have that bigger vision of, you know, like you were saying, I, you know, I, I want to get to this point, but just smaller, smaller steps along the way. Uh, I actually, I like to think of this. So as I'm, I'm a, I'm a runner and, you know, you hear people, you know, the couch to 5k program, or I, I think that's, you know, if we could think of it that way as business owners, I think there's a lot to be benefited there, right? Because it's taking one action step and that momentum leads us to the next action step. And then, okay, yes, we ran the 5k. Now we can think about doing the, the, the next goal. And so um, I, I love the idea of setting the goal and then breaking it down into milestones and take that community, the mastermind or your support system, um, maybe it's your bookkeeper, your accountant, your team to celebrate those wins. Because if you're anything like me, you're like, yep, okay, did it next, did it next. And I, I never take a moment to say, hold on. What did we do? How did we get here? And let's celebrate us being being here and, and getting to this goal. Yes, I agree. And I think it's good when your goal is a part of something bigger. When you take the day to work on your business instead of in your business, uh, there could be that opportunity to actually reflect on what you're trying to do, why you're trying to do it, and then what has been working and not working. I think that a lot of us are eager to move on to the next step, uh, to do the next thing, to hit the next goal. Whereas if you take a moment to pause and reflect historically before you go into the budget process of moving forward, you can really stay in tune with how you can double down on the things that are working and really stop doing the things that, that aren't working. Uh, we do have a financial goal setting worksheet that uh, walks people through through each step of this. But I think if we can learn to take a moment before moving forward, um, it, it would really serve us as, as business owners. Definitely something I think we don't do often enough, especially like when you were working for someone else and that was just built into the process of, you know, when I was a teacher, you had to have, you know, your curriculum match up with your state standards and you had your performance reviews and someone was checking if it was working where we don't have anyone saying 
how'd that go? <laughs> or how did that ever turn out? Or are you going to do that again? Um, unless you're, you know, working with a coach or someone like you in their business where you're, you're going to check in. Um, it's real easy to just kind of keep, keep moving down the line. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you see women doing in their business that's like a huge red flag or anything goal setting wise that's like okay that that needs to stop yeah um I see them not doing it (laughs) (laughs) sure sure that needs to stop or setting the revenue goals and not paying attention to our margins so um I don't you know one thing that we see business owners do quite frequently is They'll look at my t- our top their top line revenue, but not what's the most profitable. And maybe you offer three different services or three different products. Maybe it's ten different products. Um, but what what service lines, what product lines are you actually making the most money from? And what can you? What doesn't? I'm sorry. What's not taking you as much of your energy? to actually deliver. And so if you have your team time tracking or you are allocating your time to each service line and or each client, you can really start to see what is making you money and what's not. And so the common myth that we see is that people think that their premium package, because it's the highest dollar amount, they're making the most money from it. But when we dig in, what we find is a lot of people are actually their top tier packages are actually really draining energetically. They take a lot of time and resources from their team and themselves. And actually, if they signed more people at the mid tier, the lower tier plans, that they would have more time, more energy, and more bandwidth to be able to serve more clients. And the highlight is be the most profitable. And so um, when you're starting to set these goals, I want you to think about being profitable and digging into each piece of the numbers and what each number is telling you um, and really tuning in. So I think the mistake is just saying, yeah, I'm not a numbers person. I can't do this. Whereas I'd rather see you slowly work into this. We talked about a lot today. And so if this is like drinking from a fire hose, that's perfectly okay. Just bookmark the episode and you can come back and do one exercise at a time. That way, you know, you can build on momentum rather than feeling overwhelmed. And if you're telling yourself, this isn't my strength, then just go hire Danielle (laughs) instead of, instead of trying to DIY. I think sometimes we, you know, we're like, Oh, I can do it. I can do it. And sometimes it's just so much easier to just go hire the expert to help you through it instead of trying to force something that's maybe not your strength, you know, and just have someone help you with it. That goes without with anything, right? I, you know, I always tell people you have a zone of genius and that is not the same zone of genius as mine. Let me tell you, I did not create our website, right? Like there's, (laughs) there's just some things that, uh, when I, if I was going to send out an email today, it would take me all day long to fix the graphic and, and rewrite it 10 times. It's not my zone of genius. And, and so for you, that might be your zone of genius and it's okay to really, really embrace what you're good at and what you like to do and then ask for help in all the other areas that you're, 
that you're not good at, or that when it's occupying your headspace or it's on your to-do list, you're really actually just procrastinating all day long because you don't want to do that one thing. Um, so I like to look at my entire to-do list and say, okay, what am I procrastinating? What seems to be on my to-do list every single day? Mm-hmm. Um, or that I'm just never doing. It might not even be on yeah, yeah. list, right? <laughs> but you know it's there and it's taking yeah. a brain space, <laughs> nagging yeah. you. Yeah, it's just like, na- yeah, it's nagging you on your on your double shoulder. Um, yeah, those are the things that, you know, I prioritize asking for help. And so I encourage all mm-hmm. business owners, you know, that's another mistake I see women business owners um, doing. Like, we think that we can do it all. And for some reason, we feel like we have to, and I have no idea why. I, I encourage us all to get the help that we need, and that's what's going to help us succeed. Absolutely. Well, where can we find you um, now that we all know how much we need you? <laughs> where, where can we find you? Uh, I love hanging out on um, Instagram. Um, it's Kickstart Accounting. Come uh, check out the website. It's kickstartaccountinginc.com. Uh, if you have any questions, you can fill out the, the form. If you want to book a, a discovery call, I do all of our calls are uh, myself. And I think that's really important because you have a familiar voice and, um, and somebody that, that you can feel comfortable coming in to say, hey, here's my business. Here's my current process how can I make this better? And how can, how can we be a resource for you? And so I encourage everyone to um, come check out the, the website or come hang out on social media. We're always posting like really good, in my opinion, really good tips mm-hmm. and tricks. Um, yes, or, I follow or, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, come ask questions and like keep the conversation going. It always feels quiet, but I, I hear all the time that people, people love the tips and tricks. So come check them out. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for your time today and sharing all of your expertise. Also, Danielle is graciously volunteered to to do a mini workshop within the Impact Business Circle. And so that's for members only. If that's something you're interested in, then you can check out the link in the show notes to um, get more information about that. So I will get to see you again in August. Yes. Very excited for that. I love going into the details. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm excited for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. And now as your business coach, I'm going to tell you it's time to go get back to work. 